If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar, and I want to take a moment to read to you a quote from an email I received from a Nemours associate, in fact, a person who is one of the podcast producers, Deborah Griffin, and she's referencing our first guest today, Deborah Morales. Quote, without her, the OR in Wilmington would not be the great place that it is. Deborah Morales is the Administrative Coordinator for Preoperative Services at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children in Wilmington and a 15-year Nemours associate. And for that, we can thank her late mom, Christine, who to this day has a significant influence in Deborah's life, including her career choices. My mother worked in healthcare. She was a unit clerk, and she then later did some nursing. She always flexed her hours around raising her kids. She was a great lady. And I graduated in the generation that you could go from high school into a real job. And I remember I told my mom I wanted to be a bartender. And so she said, you can do that, but you better get a full-time job somewhere. So it kind of just happened upon me that I had to be a responsible adult and then I could also bartend. So I worked at a doctor's office because it was a Monday through Friday, you know, didn't have to worry about, I could work on the weekends, my other job and it worked out. And then I just wound up really liking it. When I first started here, it was the first time a liver transplant was going to happen with a living donor. And I watched the dad get wheeled back with no fear. And I watched the mom stand in prayer holding and then the son got wheeled back. It was just something to see, you know, like this father was like, if you look at the actual procedure, it's actually more risky to be the donor in that situation than the recipient, just the procedure part. The recovery is a whole other thing, but it was just something to see like how much our team can help somebody continue their life. And that, that little boy got a shot because his dad loved him so much. It's probably still one of the things that make me tear up when I see that kind of stuff. So the good thing is, is my mother always told me, if I don't tear up, then I need to find something else to do. <laughs> what, what do you do from day to day? What's your job? What's your... Um, well, this the administrative coordinator role is pretty new for me. So right now I'm supporting the senior director, the director. I have two nurse managers. I have my logistics manager and I have the manager of sterile processing and I support them in an administrative role. Prior to that, I worked in the operating room and I scheduled all the cases and worked with all the clinics in order to collaborate and find the best times for surgeries. That sounds complicated. How do you make certain that the right person gets to the right room with the right surgeon at the right time? 
Well, they do a lot of legwork in the on the clinic side. So they establish the date with the parents, but we just make sure that we have the right staffing and the right space that's available for the surgery. They, I mean, it's helpful because that a lot of the surgeries have are in their allocation. And we schedule it into that according to doctor's availability. It's very collaborative in that I work with all the admins for the Department of Surgery and Orthopedics. When you say allocation or block, what do you mean by that? So we have 11 ORs and every day those rooms are allotted to different services. So ENT has a certain amount of rooms. Uh, Orthopedics has a certain amount of rooms plastic surgery, each each specialty. And their clinic schedules complement their OR time. Thank goodness it's a well-oiled machine. A well-oiled machine that, for a period earlier this year, found itself stopped in its tracks for all but emergent surgeries due to the coronavirus pandemic. Well, perioperative services played a lot of roles during COVID. We staffed the adult care unit under Sharon, Dr. Sharon Udijanzik. She ran that. And so a lot of our nurses that had inpatient care experience wound up going to there because our other teams that are already staffing the floors, they couldn't possibly do both. So Periop did that. Jody Lockwood ran the employee screening. So as everybody came in, it was somebody from Periop that was staffing that for probably the first six weeks, I would say. And then other, you know, other uh, people volunteered and put their time in as well. So this was at a time when you didn't have any surgeries because elective surgeries, I'm guessing, were Right. And they were, we only did emergent ones. Yeah. So the staff was all over the building, you know, still here, still participating in daily activities, just completely different and out of their footprint. So it was pretty neat to see, like, everybody collaborate and do something different. I would say that everybody... Everybody just did what they could and volunteered for things that were out of their comfort zone. And I think that that was pretty cool to watch. I mean, I work with a lot of smart people. I always say that. Like our nursing team here, pre-op, PACU, OR, they're all great, great people. They've always made me feel like part of a, a bigger family. Is there one person that you can think of who either during COVID or at any point that you've worked at Nemours who really has gone over and above for either a colleague or a family? Uh, I see that every day. I kind of feel like in this area, that's part of, that's part of, you know, you always work to be better than you were the day before. And I really think that a lot of my colleagues do that. I will say though, that our educator She's our our nurse educator. She really stepped up and was innovative about getting people the skills they needed to be able to do whatever they needed to do during this time. And I also think that our senior director, she drove this whole ship through it and she was here every day. You know, know, like there's something to be said for that, you know, because it became a scary place to be a little bit. Because you didn't know, like, if someone was sick or not. And, you know, we screened everyone, but you never know. You know, I mean, this is something new for all of us. And both our senior director and director were here every day. Our nurse managers were always here. I mean, I think that helped the team feel like, you know, we were all in this together. Name that educator and name that senior director that you cited. Sure. Senior director is Dr. Edna Gilliam. And our nurse educator is Sherry Crumpler. And they went above and beyond. I mean, I really feel like, and Sherry makes me feel like I can ask her anything 
and I'm not a nurse, but she'll do anything she can to help me. And I really feel like um, Dr. Sharon Udi Janzik, she's all about education. So she will just sit and talk to you and make you feel like you can do anything. Like she's just, she's so positive. And I'm watching Jody Lockwood go through school. I mean, I knew Jody when she was a scrub tech, then she was a nurse. Now she's a nurse manager and she's been educating herself the entire time. Jackie Jenkins, our other nurse manager, she's been at multiple institutions and she'll give you that, you know, the feel of her experiences and after care. And I don't know, I just, when I sit and talk to them and I listen to the things that they say, I just feel like I'm part of something bigger. And when you say you're part of something bigger, can you put more of a, a an explanation to well, that in some way? Um, with perioperative services, with surgery, it's probably a really scary time for a lot of families. I mean, whether it be ear tubes or, and your child's never been under anesthesia or a major spine surgery, I've seen our teams come together in like such a collaborative way, like anesthesia, working with the surgeons, you know, and talking to the parents. And I think that the way that everyone works together helps families to feel safe, that they're entrusting their child to this care and that they can do this, you know, like they can get through this. And our nurse liaisons are always great. You know, they keep parents updated on a long, a long surgery. Like that's got to be a difficult job, too, because, you know, they're scared. And I mean, understandably so. But at the same time, like even my nephew has been here a couple of times for surgeries. And I never worried because I know that this team is amazing. And you're part of that amazing well, a small team. part but yeah I like being part of it I do I do enjoy it I don't want to work anywhere else like this is I feel like I'm in my niche and I'm happy to be here and we are definitely happy to have you Deborah Morales is the administrative coordinator for preoperative services at the Aya Dupont Hospital for Children in Wilmington Delaware Dr. Steven Selbst has distinguished himself as a medical doctor and as an academic. He is a pediatric emergency medicine physician at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children. He is director of the Nemours Pediatric Residency Program and a professor and vice chair for education for the Department of Pediatrics at the Sydney Kimmel Medical College of Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia. And while we may take it for granted today that there is a fellowship and a specialty called pediatric emergency medicine, that wasn't always the case. It turns out Dr. Selbst was on the forefront of that development at the start of his career several decades ago. There was no fellowship when I started. I uh, I just knew I loved doing that even as a medical student. I, I enjoyed my time in the emergency department at St. Christopher's Hospital for Children and I was a medical student. And Going into residency, I still loved being in the ED. I love many parts of pediatrics, but I love the emergency department most. And when I finished, I was a chief resident for a year. And when I finished that, I said, I want to work in the emergency department full time. And they looked at me like I was crazy because nobody ever does that. But they allowed me to do that. And at the same time, there was a group at uh, CHOP, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, that was getting a program started in pediatric emergency medicine. They were starting the specialty and they started a fellowship that same year. So I stayed on in New York as an attending, and then the next year I moved down to Philadelphia to join that group, uh, not as a fellow, but as an attending physician. They, they had their one fellow by then already. 
It takes a special person, though, to work so closely in such dire situations. What does it take in you to be able to go from one patient to another and perform your job well? That's why I love the emergency department. You can go from one patient to another, and some are tragic. Some have very sad consequences, but some are very uplifting. And I think at the end of the day, you you walk away thinking that I made an impact on many children and many families. And uh, had they not come to us at that moment, the outcome might not have been as good. So that's that's really what keeps me going. Is there a patient story, of course, without sharing anything that's private, that sticks out in your mind? I'm sure there are many, but is there one above all others? I don't know if there's one above all others. There, there are many. As a pediatric resident, I got very close to a patient who had diabetes and came from a very poor family. A mother was very dedicated but had very limited resources. He had no father, and I kind of became a big brother to him. He went on to die from complications of diabetes, but for several years when I was in New York, I kept close to him and tried to get him to comply with his medication regimen. Uh, He certainly had an impact on me and uh, making me realize that not everybody has resources to get through serious diseases. I can remember one shot when I was uh, early in my career at CHOP, uh, a little uh, girl, she was probably about five or six years old, who got run over by a trolley car and lost her leg in an accident. As tragic as it was, I remember her apologizing to her grandmother, saying, I'm sorry, Grandmom, I just didn't see the trolley coming. And it made me realize how innocent children are, and uh, despite what happens to them, they're only worried about other people. They're worried if she was worried about her grandmother, what her grandmother was going to think of her. So I know that had an impact on me. And then maybe the most tragic one, I remember uh, uh, many, many years ago when I was at CHOP, uh, a terrible fire in the city of Philadelphia where five children were caught in the fire and uh, all brought to our emergency department and four of them passed away. Only one of them survived. And that was a terrible, terrible night. And uh, I remember that like it was yesterday. I know that's had an impact on me to want to go out and try to help children and try to prevent terrible injuries like that as well. How do you walk back into an emergency room after a night like that? Yeah, well, that one was very difficult. And I remember there was a a trainee with me, a resident with me. It was her first day in the emergency department. And uh, I walked out of there thinking she's never going to come back. But as it turned out, she she went on to be one of our fellows in emergency medicine and now is a a leader in the field in Chicago. So uh, I think we debrief after terrible events like that. We, We try to get together and debrief and talk about our feelings, talk about what we could have done differently. And I think that definitely helps us to get to get through it. You have also worked a little bit on some of the legal issues that are faced by physicians. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's something that I've been very interested in since my pretty much my entire career. I remember when I first started my academic career at Children's Hospital, Philadelphia, University of Pennsylvania, the chairman, who was a wonderful physician, kind of downplayed it. He said that was more social psychology and maybe I should do something a little more academic than worrying about mistakes that people make and malpractice lawsuits. But I think as medicine has evolved, I think we've realized that learning from our mistakes, preventing our mistakes is extremely important in medicine. And it has become really an entire field in, in academic medicine. 
I guess I learned the hard way early on. I, I was named in a malpractice lawsuit, and I learned a lot from that experience. And I've gone on to study it. Like all other things, you have to study it and try to learn from that and try to come up with ways that we can prevent errors from happening, try to come up with ways we can prevent malpractice lawsuits from happening. And I've had great satisfaction uh, researching that topic, writing about that, lecturing about that teaching my students, my residents, and my fellows how to avoid errors and uh, how to deal with an error after you've made a mistake, because all of us are impacted by that error. Uh, none of us go to medical school thinking we're going to do something wrong. So how do we go on after we make an error, I think is something that I like to teach uh, my fellows and residents about. And in fact, I, I give a lecture to, to my residents every year on the three worst mistakes I've made in pediatric medicine. I want them to learn from my mistakes. I remember as a resident not listening to a mother who was trying to tell me that her child kept vomiting and wouldn't drink anything and I kept brushing it off because the clinic was about to close and everybody was in a hurry to get home and uh, the child came back much sicker the next day. Fortunately, my colleagues were able to uh, rescue this patient so I, I didn't have terrible guilt for the rest of my life, but I learned from that mistake to block out all other distractions and just focus on the family that you're with, regardless of what else is going on, and to listen to the mother. And certainly that's one thing that I've passed on to my residents. Uh, we're not only teaching others, but we're also learning ourselves constantly. Talk about the academic side of your career. I mean, you're doing both practicing medicine in an emergency room and teaching and running the residency program. You're a very busy man. How do you do all of that? And talk about the academic side of things. It is uh, challenging, but I, I enjoy teaching primarily is to me the most fun. I, I love coming to work and sharing my knowledge with other people, with residents and fellows and other attendings. Uh, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. That's what keeps me going. It sounds like you are a mentor to many. Would that be a fair statement? I think that's a fair statement. Uh, I do enjoy that. Uh, I think probably my greatest achievement, I won an award with the American Academy of Pediatrics, the Steve Miller Award, which is a national award for mentorship and, and teaching. I think looking back on my career, that is the most satisfying part of my career and uh, what means the most to me. So I, I think I have mentored many residents and fellows, and many of them have gone on to, to great careers in uh, pediatric emergency medicine. How long have you been at Nemours? 22 years. <laughs> You've long stayed time. a long time. What yes. is it about Nemours that you like, has kept you there? Uh, well, I, I think I went there knowing that it uh, was a hospital that was just getting started in terms of becoming a major healthcare provider for children in this area. To me, I've had great satisfaction watching the hospital grow and develop over the last couple decades. And when I first got there, it was a quiet little suburban hospital in, outside of Wilmington, Delaware. But now it's grown to be a major player. Doing uh, the physicians there do heart transplants, liver transplants, kidney transplants, and bone marrow transplants. We take care of the most complicated patients from the entire region. But I think we're also still a, a, a local down-home hospital that takes care of the local population. And I think what's kept me there is the the wonderful people that that I get to work with, uh, people who are very dedicated to children. I think the hospital itself is very dedicated to families and to children. And uh, if you come up with an idea that's going to help a family, well, the hospital is going to do everything they can to, to push that through and uh, 
make sure that it's successful. I think they really are very dedicated to making it a great experience for children and families. Dr. Steven Selbst is a pediatric emergency medicine physician at the AI DuPont Hospital for Children, director of the Nemours Pediatric Residency Program, and a professor and vice chair for education for the Department of Pediatrics at the Sidney Kimmel Medical College of Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia. Nemours Associates telling their stories. Who's on their team? Where they came from? Where they're going? And why Nemours is the place they want to be? What's your Nemours story? Email us at podcast at Nemours.org so we can set up an interview and share that story with your fellow associates. That's podcast at Nemours.org. You can get the podcast anywhere podcasts are found, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, just to name a few. Production assistance is courtesy of Deborah Griffin and Peter Adebi. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. And our words of wisdom today come from Deborah Morales. I think that right now we're all getting pulled in a lot of different directions with, you know, the current state of what are, what could become our new normal, because we don't we still don't know what that is. But I think if we all just kind of lean on each other and we look for the good stuff, I think we'll be okay. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Till next time, please stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children we serve.